Hannah Dunleavy's Outside the Box. Hello and welcome to January's Outside the Box. As ever, I am joined by Jen. Hello. And Mick. Keep it grime. (laughs) Every time. I actually put her second so that you could have a thing that wasn't just... Uh, when it got to you okay so again loads of stuff to talk about arriving soon i believe in april two whole series that star stephen graham you are so excited I, look at look I, her little face you can't see it listeners but look at her little I face i love stephen graham i think outside of rory kinnear and the actor wolf hall the actor wolf yeah that's hall. what they call him in um mark rylance right. oh mark rylance yeah, in yeah. upstart crow they have an actor who is called the actor Wolf Hall, and um, that's supposed that to be my violence. Okay, so apart from those two, I think he's probably the, one of the best ones we've got. So yeah, he's a proper chameleon as well. Yeah. He just can do anything. He is. He is in series five of Line of Duty, which is coming up in the spring, and also he is in a Shane Meadows series called The Virtues. I mean, if I told you it was about a young man who grew up in care and went home to deal with family secrets, you wouldn't be surprised, right? What, and Stephen Graham's in it, and it's by Shane Meadows? Yeah, really? quite. Really? Okay. Also coming up in April, the last series of Game of Thrones. There is finally a date on it, April the 14th. That's America's date, so I would imagine it will be here the following day. Although they did that, that simulcast thing, didn't they, where it was actually shown at like 2 o'clock in the morning here at the same time it was being shown in America. I haven't watched it since series 3. Okay, so well, I'm going to have to take your word on it. You don't need to get too excited by it. And also, and this is difficult because I can't do a review of it because it actually starts tonight, <gasps> Series 3 of True Detective. It started in America yesterday, which is Sunday. We are recording this on Monday. This is going out on Friday, so you will have seen it and I won't see any of it, but we will talk about it in February's Mahashala Ali and Stephen Dorff. Where do you think he's been for the last 20 years? Good question. No, but I do like him in Blade when he turns into some weird massive blood monster at the end. Perhaps that's what he's been up to. Maybe he's just been trying to get rid of those blisters. Yeah. Now let's forget Series 2 ever existed and let's just think there was Series 1 and now there's this. Apparently it is a bit of a return to form. Yeah. I read a review of it and it said that once again the plot played second fiddle to what was going on inside its main character's heads. And I thought, well that just makes me want to watch it even more because that's actually what was great about... The first two detective, I think. So, Well, the McConnellogues. Well, quite. Yeah. And a couple of the episodes are directed by David Milch. They are. Oh. I know. Exciting. David Milch, that's creator of Deadwood, David Milch, if you don't listen to every single word that comes how, out of my mouth. How many posters of him have you got on your wall? <laughs> None. Oh. Just something pinched directly onto my heart. <laughs> okay, let's start with Channel 4 of things that are on the telly. The Uncivil War, which was a Benedict Cumberbatch-led drama about the dark money behind Brexit. I didn't watch that because that can just fuck off. I've no watch interest it. in watching it. What was that like? Painful. Really, really, really painful to watch. Not because it was bad or not because the acting was bad or anything like that, just because it was a bit too close to the bone, a bit too current, to be honest. Just like, you know, you're kind of like, I want to watch TV to not think about this shit. Yeah. And yet, here I am too thinking soon. about this shit. Exactly that. Too soon. I don't know, because obviously I didn't watch it, but it felt like... You know, he's already played. It's like he's playing every cunt going, isn't it? He already played um, Assange, didn't he? You could think... Uh, it's got your boy Kinnear in it, though. Is it, you're at risk of making these people sort of folklore heroes when you put them in yeah. dramas like that. But I know exactly what you mean. He was The, the character was this sort of, like, oddball, yeah. intriguing 
kind of rather than just like Bell End who sold our country down yeah. the river kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Please tell me Andy Circus played Theresa May. <laughs> 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 I was going to watch it, but instead I put my head in a bin and hit it with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> well done. There's some other interesting news from Channel 4, which is, I mean, this may have been up for a while, but it's certainly the first time I've noticed it. So if you haven't noticed it, here is some news for you. All four now has 30 Rock on it. Up to series three, Up to isn't series it? three. I know. I'm making a really delighted face. Jen yeah, shrugging. Disinterested. What? What's wrong with you? I don't like it. <laughs> We've talked about this before. I'm just not interested. We've clearly both like men in black to ourselves so that we yeah. didn't have to remember that Jen doesn't like 30 Rock. I can't but basically imagine. all three of us are Liz Lemon. What's wrong with you? I can't imagine why. I mean, even if Liz Lemon didn't do it for you. I mean, Alec Baldwin is so funny in it. And... Tracy Morgan is so funny in it. Anyway. Kenneth. Oh, so, there's so much to love. Yeah. Moving on. I suppose the big thing for Channel 4 is that Catastrophe is back. Ooh, I have seen one episode because that is all that's available at the time of this. Now, I have to say, when it ended, Series 3, you know, it ended in quite a dark place. He'd oh my started God. drinking again and he'd been involved in a car crash. But even more than that, there was something about me settling down to watch this that I just felt a bit sad about. And it's because, you know, since, not since Series 3 came out, but since Series 3 was filmed, both Rob Delaney and Ashley Jensen have been bereaved in the most terrible ways imaginable. And Carrie Fisher has died. And you know they're going to have to write Carrie Fisher's death into it at yeah. some point. And it just, I actually kind of, I don't want to say dreaded, but when I sat down to watch it, I felt proper sad of course it wasn't because it's catastrophe but also it's the last series ever which is sad in itself yeah i thought it was good uh julie hesman house was in it being as usually excellent as she is i mean sharon as in sharon the character not sharon horgan has dealt with the problems that are visited in her family in the same way she deals with everything by just being a massively selfish bitch which is really <laughs> funny in fact i started to feel like she's veering now to a bit towards donna from pulling uh, in that she's so far out there with how selfish she is. I can't say that's a bad thing. <laughs> Have you watched it? I haven't seen it yet. I kind of, when it's something like this, I quite like to save them up and have a, binge. And have a bit of a binge. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that because it is definitely one of the best things that's been on telly in a long time. It's funny and it's tragic and it's angry. Love it. Agreed. Okay, let's move to Netflix. Big news from Netflix was that Black Mirror... Turned out not to be a series dropping as they thought it would be, but a one special edition, one episode. I believe there is an actual yeah, full series coming so. at some point, but that wasn't what we we saw. Called Bandersnatch. I'm not going to go into it because if you listen to our podcast this week, you'll hear Gabby's thoughts on what you should say about what you like and you don't like. I think it's probably been discussed in depth enough. All I will say is it wasn't really for me. Much as I wasn't really into Instagram, so the episode about Instagram does nothing for me. I was never really into a choose-your-own-adventure games, and therefore maybe the problem is me rather than this. All I will say is that Will Poulter was amazing in it. So if you're one of the people that sent him a message to tell him that he wasn't, you're not only a dick, you're wrong. He was absolutely cracking. Alice Lowe was great. Craig Parkinson, great. Like I say, not really my bag, but they, they don't all have to be. It doesn't make me think that that there should be no more Black Mirror or whatever idiotic things people write on the internet. I haven't watched it yet because Black Mirror can sometimes be scary, so I need to find someone to watch it with me. It's not scary. Well, I don't know if it is because the version of events yeah. that I got wasn't actually scary, but there you have it. Can I say the best? I haven't seen Bandersnatch yet, so I could be wrong, but the best ever take on a choose-your-own-adventure 
story is by Pappies, formerly Pappies Fun Club. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's possibly on the internet. Possibly not. Fair enough. Two decent documentary series, crime-led, arrived at Netflix the last couple of weeks. The first one is An Innocent Man. Set in Oklahoma, it's about a miscarriage of justice, possibly two, two miscarriages, miscarriages of, of justice. justice. Yeah. Only one of them is actually proven miscarriage of justice. Yeah, but come on um, Based on a book by John Grisham. He is also involved in this. I think it was all right. I don't think you learn anything new from this. It's a different case, but the point is American justice system's fucked. You've watched it, haven't you? I have watched it. It it was fine. It was interesting. It it held my interest. It's I think it's only six episodes. Yeah, and yeah, they talk very convincingly about how American justice system has fucked people over. But if you've seen the staircase, or if you've seen um, the keepers making a murderer, it's fairly standard now yeah. as that documentary type goes. Mm. What I preferred was Murder Mountain. It sounds like a terrible place for a holiday. <laughs> Which is a a docu-series about Humboldt County, which is where the vast majority of weed that is consumed in America is grown. The new Wild West. I think that's kind of the point. I think it's always been the Wild West and nothing's actually changed. I don't know if you remember I did an interview with, when I was at Edinburgh, with Annie Saunders, whose brother is a resident of Humboldt County, currently in prison. You can listen to it if you want to know more. He is involved in this world and she said some things. I mean... You know, I don't think this is a secret. I actually think we should be legal, but that's just me. But she actually said some things to me that actually made me realise that, although I still believe I'm right, I think I was naive in thinking it would just be, hey, legalise it overnight and all problems will be solved. Uh-huh. So this is it's two things going on here. The first thing is there is an unsolved murder case, which they cover, which happened early this decade. And simultaneously, they're running a storyline about what's happened now weed has been legalised. So there's two things going on simultaneously. I think it's really, really interesting. I think it's like a really 21st century story, but you can see echoes of everything that's happened in American history in this story, from the old-style World West to the Summer of Love in California to the Vietnam War to the war on drugs all of the echoes of those things are continuing to be felt in this one community where they grow a load of drugs it's about vigilante justice it's got some brilliant tough as nails women in it I mean the the, the thing that's so staggering is the access that the filmmakers get to these people these are people who don't trust easily mm-hmm. so that, that they've actually talked to them is is staggering I will say they do underestimate a couple of the women in it. I think there's this great moment where one of them talks about, she describes someone as a regulator. And uh, he said, do you know what the provenance of that word is? And she said, yeah, Billy the Kid. And then she just carries on talking. And I was like, don't, she knows her stuff, don't mess with her. Is she played by character actress Margot Yeah, she Martindale. seems like she should. She really seems, they all seem like they should yeah. be. And it's just this this crazy sort of mix of people all living in the same area. You've got hippies, you've got disenchanted Vietnam War vets, you've got locals, you've got organised criminals, you've got middle-class kids who just think it's fun to be an outlaw. And, and then just this tiny police force trying to police all of this craziness. So in that way, it's a bit like Flint, Flint Town. Town. Yeah. yeah, I think it's excellent. Like it's on my to watch list. Watch it. It's really, really good. Anybody else watch anything else on Netflix? I've got a couple of Netflix uh, series that I have watched very quickly indeed. The first one is called You, 
which is the most ungoogleable of series to find. It was for Lifetime and it has come over to Netflix. They bought it and they've also bought the rights to a second series. So I went in watching this knowing that there was going to be a second series. And I think that is where a lot of the problems I found with it stemmed from. I've got massive issues with it, big issues. I can see what it's trying to do, which it is trying very hard to skewer the rom-com trope of a man going through the ringer and making a series of grand gestures before being rewarded with the woman of her dreams because, you know, a woman's just a prize to be won. Mm -hmm. So you've got a guy played brilliantly by Penn Badgley. His name is Joe Goldberg. He falls in love with a woman, love at first sight, stalks her, gets her to be his girlfriend. Hilarity and Oh, no, not hilarity oh. ensues at all. It's terrible. He can be very charming. He's manipulating her. He's manipulating her friends. And it's all told from his point of view, which is problematic because he's a psychopath. He kills some of her mates. He'll do anything to kind of get her to be his love. Now, she's a pretty terrible person, which is fine. People can fall in love with pretty terrible people. But it's, it. it's <laughs> absolutely. But it's also sort of used as mitigation as to why he's behaving he the way. Yeah. Well, not just a prick. There's only one way this series can end, and it and it was billed as this massive plot twist. When actually, it's sadly just a plot for far too many lives yeah. and in the news. And because I knew there was going to be a second series, and that is also going to be told from the point of view of Joe Goldberg, the main character, and you are very much, it's just a voiceover the whole time. And he is great, the fact that he can do that and carry it. Because the other problem is it's very entertaining. But it means that at some point the writers are going to have to make him sympathetic, otherwise people are going to stop watching. And by making him sympathetic, they're sort of trying to justify some of his actions. And we've already had a boo-hoo backstory about his childhood. So... It's entertaining, but I have massive problems with it. But I did watch it very quickly. And the other one that everyone, well, loads of people have been chatting about is called Sex Education. Is this the thing with Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson is in it as some sort of shag specialist called Jean Milburn. And she is actually, she's sort of a peripheral character. She's the mum of the protagonist, who is Otis. And he is played by Asa Butterfield and is cracking. Now, it is supposed to be set in a British school, right? But I just kept going, where is this? When is this? What? Because it's basically an American school that they have planted with British accents and it's filmed in Wales. So you're just like, what the (laughs) fuck is happening? And it could have taken place from any point from the 1980s to three days from now. I don't know. They've just got all these weird little... Cultural references, they all have mobile phones, yet they're dressed very much like they're from the 80s a lot of the time. But in fairness, it is absolutely joyous. So Otis, and I think more British kids should be called Otis, to be fair. why not? Um, His mum and dad are both sex therapists. And he himself has some issues around sex because he's been surrounded by sex his whole life. But he teams up with the school's bad girl, Maeve, Maeve Wiley, brilliantly played by Emma Mackey, and they start some sort of sex clinic for the kids of their school. Yeah, hilarity does sometimes ensue, but also it's it's really moving and it sort of shows that teenagers are fumbling around not knowing what to do, but also adults aren't very much better. We all have hang-ups surrounding sex and growing up and emotions, and it's very funny, it's very smart. A massive shout out to Shooty Gatwa, who plays Otis's best mate, Eric, and is just astonishing and steals every scene he is in. And Gillian Anderson, as a shag specialist, is pretty damn lovely. It's lovely stuff, and I 
I recommend it. But if anyone can tell me when the fuck it's supposed to be set, please do. At Mixed and Noonan. <laughs> Okay, let's move to BBC. There's loads of stuff on the BBC to talk about. Luther was on. If you want my views on Luther, I reviewed it for Den of Geek, so you'll find them there. Jem, what did you think of Luther? Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. As you know, I love Big Drizz. I love Luther, but I think the first two series were legitimately really, really good. And then I think it sort of went downhill a bit. It was a bit weird. They were kind of playing for lols quite a lot in this series, which I didn't really understand. And as we've discussed before, they sort of lost interest in what was seemingly the main plot. And then it all became about his private life. Yeah. Yeah, And I didn't really understand the ending either. Because, you know, again, as I've said before... Well, it wasn't really an ending, was well, it? Well, no, it wasn't. But um, and I think that's you'd have thought that would be, at the very least, a disciplinary. <laughs> so, Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> who know. knows? Who knows? Let's see how I that mean, pans maybe out. Maybe that's the next series. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing <laughs> Tribunal. <laughs> nothing happened when, when his former partner shot someone with a gun that he gave her that was unregistered. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Guys, a- it seems like you're quibbling over minor yeah. details. Here. ABC Murders, uh, again, discussed at length on Twitter. I'm not just saying this because I get to meet Sarah Phelps this week. I actually really liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought Magovic was a good choice. I thought there was um, some great performances in there. Is this the primary revisit? Yeah. Yes. It's very yeah. dark. It was very dark. Nonetheless, I quite liked it, and I actually liked the the Daily Mon. And I, the thing is, I'm not really a Poirot girl. I, I, if I if I have a favourite Agatha Christie, I am a Miss Marple kind of person. Of course, you are, Hannah. I can't believe you thought you had to say that out loud. And therefore, I don't know that much about Poirot, but I actually thought the Daily Mon about about his past was absolutely cracking. I was really impressed. Coming up. Well, I say coming up, I think they're all on now. Three of the BBC's most long-running series are all back. They always seem to come back in January. Call the Midwife returned this week. Silent Witness is back. Hooray for Liz Carr. And also the the long-running Lil Abbott, Death in Paradise, is also back. But It's totally tropical. Let's say fuck all of that and talk about Les Miserables. Mm. I read this when I was doing my French A-level. I read it in English. I didn't bother with it in French. And it's one of the only That's things. Got an end, mate. Yeah. It's one of the only <laughs> things that has kept its original title. We translate everything. The sads. Yeah, we. Do. I don't know. Maybe the it's sads. just because the miserables doesn't actually work. But yes, I read it thirty years ago, and I have seen it on stage probably twenty years ago. So. I'm possibly not the best person to know how much this has kept to the actual plot, whether it's changing things. Um, So people might have thoughts on that. It's adapted by the same guy that did War and Peace last year. He's 82, apparently. Fun fact. Um, Yeah, so Victor And he's just finished War and Peace. (laughs) So Victor Hugo's masterpiece as a drama, not a musical, starring Dominic West as Jean Valjean. And David Olawayu as his nemesis. Javert. Javert. I think it's absolutely fucking great. I genuinely really, really like it. There's only one thing I don't like about it, and I'm not going to harp on at that. I will say that, I mean, the Tenardiers. 
I got right. Into they going. are amazing. They are being played by Adi Elaktar and Olivia Coleman, and they are terrific. Derek Jacobi's in here. Like this, just the cast is absolutely just, just like a liberal scattering of brilliant people. I think that that really highlights the fact that Lily Collins is out of her depth as Fontaine. I find her to be not great. She's okay uh, in the early things, but in the, by the third episode when she had to die, I found that all a bit overtly melodramatic and I didn't really enjoy it. But the, oh, spoiler alert, mm. Fontaine dies, but there you go. What? Uh, but I think everybody else is absolutely terrific in it, uh, especially Dominic West and David Olaway, who I think they are really, really cracking. Jen's looking at me like she doesn't agree with me. Um, no, I don't entirely. I actually, I mean, it, it, the death is... Sorry, again, spoiler alert. The, the death is quite melodramatic, and I don't think any of it is particularly what you would call naturalistic kind of style. Yeah, it's all right. I just can't... I don't know the story at all. I haven't watched the musical. I haven't read the book. I don't know anything about it. I just can't get over how much of a cunt Javert is. Like, it's just annoying me. It just seems senseless. He's a job's worth... He really I see, is I a don't, prick. No, I see, I don't actually think he is particularly. Oh, he's a prick. He's, he's a man on a mission. He's, it, that's his job. Yeah. That's, he, he believes in justice and that's does, his job. He does get I, a little bit blinkered. And he does, <laughs> I, don't, he, I don't know why he plays it like um, Burnside from The Bill. He's, he's very Okay, that's like, a reference that's going to echo around this room for several minutes, Jim. DCI Burnside. What, you never watched The Bill? No. Police shut it. Jen, I was I was reading Les Mis in yeah. in English. I was <laughs> seven and had to watch whatever my mum was watching. Anyway, pretty good. I think most of the performance is pretty good. Bit confused by Dominic West's accent in last night's episode, but yeah. well, I I mean I think that what they are trying to do. I mean they're obviously not putting on French accents because no. that would be stupid. So they're doing what period dramas do, where it's all English and. Some of them are Cockneys. And, they're uh, a bit and I think and... he's doing a little bit West yes. country, but I think oh, that's God, he's, he's trying oh, to point Fred out. West. No, he hasn't I gone for Fred West. I can't look now and think he he's hasn't. not Fred West. It's yeah, a no, feral walk-up Tesco. I um, didn't notice that <laughs> in the earlier episodes, but I noticed it last night. I think the point is he's trying to, to establish himself as a rural person. That's the shorthand for rural in, okay. in that, as opposed to a city person. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I am excited and actually brought it to your attention in- yes. initially, Hannah. And I text Hannah and said, Olivia Coleman's playing Mrs. Tavernier. That's because I got into Les Mis when I was really little and I've seen it about 11 or 12 times yeah. on stage. And her and her husband ran a pub. So to me, because I couldn't say Tenardier, yeah. I used to call them the Taverniers. That makes sense. Also, oh, she's so brilliant, oh, Olivia I mean, Coleman. obviously she is awesome. She really, really it is. is. It's, it's such a timeless story. And even though it's set 200 and odd years ago, more than that? I think more. Oh, it's after the, it's well, after after the, water, the it? revolution. No, it's literally 200 years yeah. ago. Yeah. But there's still so much that you can see today in the whole division between poor and rich. And actually yeah. it's, it's possibly becoming timely again, which is quite sad. But the characters are massive and it is very melodramatic. Fontaine annoyed me in every iteration of yeah. Les Mis that I have ever seen or read. And... Yeah, I don't imagine Lily Collins makes her any better. She's I I feel bad for her, but she's really fucking annoying. Yeah, and, and actually, to be honest, it's not even really Fontaine that... Cosette is just exists through other people's opinions of her, really, doesn't she? I mean, sorry, Victor Hugo, but she's not really a person in her own right. She's just a thing to be passed around, you know? The interesting thing is there's six of these. We're halfway through. We're only on about act 
three, maybe. So they're gonna. I think it's gonna start to really have to fire up through the plot, unless they're Has not the going to the revolution started yet. No, oh. three episodes in, and it hasn't. I mean, because they're and, still and a how child. Many are the six. The six. Oh. So, but maybe they were just trying to. It does speed up. Establish a bit starts. more, sort of who they, the characters, who the characters are. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the best thing BBC have done in absolutely ages. I'm excited for it. Yeah, for it. And presumably you I can, can just it. sing along at any point if you want to. I will be waiting for the moment to go. At the end of the day, there's one of my favourites. It's the best one. Feel my heart on fire. That one as well. I like that one. Like the the chorus ones. Chorus ones are always the the best. But the Tenardier's Master of the House is one of my favourite songs ever. Yeah. Okay, so that is all we've got time for this month. I'll put a question of the month on Twitter and we can talk about it then. Maybe the underrated actors one. Going back to Stephen Graham. Yeah, maybe we should, maybe since Stephen Graham's about to be on the telly, we should um, uh, talk about some actors that are like properly underrated because he is. Who do you guys want to tip your hat to? Yeah. So let's do that. I am at that Dunleavy or or we are at Standard Issue UK. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Standard issue for all women.